Coming up, I'm going to tell you the three ingredients to make sure that you win every week. And then U.S. hospitals are using a very surprising new method to deal with nursing shortages. It could change health care and work forever. Let's go. This is the Ken Coleman Show. I'm Ken, and we are here to help you win in your work life so that you're winning in other areas of your life. And let's put that to good use, shall we? I don't think you need a productivity hack to win. I really don't. I know there's all kinds of great productivity apps and hacks and and uh, books and experts and TikToks and Instagrams and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but but I, I think we focus too much on productivity and less on priorities. I think there's too much focus on productivity and not enough focus on priorities. So here, here's what's going on. Productivity is about the quantity of items. It's it's kind of like a, okay, I got to get this done, 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 I got to get this done. I didn't get it done. I got five things left on my list. I just think that's a dangerous, dangerous position to put yourself in because you begin to start to think, well, I wasn't productive today. Well, that's nonsense. If you got seven out of ten things done, I'd say that's productive. If you have five out of ten things done on your list, I'd say that's productive. And I'll tell you why. It's not a math test where you got 50% wrong or only 50% right. You probably put too many things on your freaking list. Probably should have never had anywhere close to ten. So productivity is about the quantity of items that you get done. Priorities are about the quality of items that you need to get done. Priorities. I'm going to go over, I'm, I'm going to choose priority over productivity any day of the week. Because in productivity, if I'm not careful, the end result is nothing more than the productivity itself. But when I'm focused on priority, it will make me more productive. Because I'm getting the main things done. Keep the main thing the main thing. So I want to give you three questions that if you ask at the beginning of every week, you could do this on a Saturday morning for the week ahead. You could do it on a Sunday morning, a Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. I don't care when you do it. You could do it at the end of your week on a Friday as you prepare for the next week. It doesn't matter when you do it. It matters that you do it. And and I, by the way, full disclosure, I am not anywhere remotely close to the most organized person on the planet. Anybody who knows me would laugh if I said I'm very organized. I'm not organized. I'm not a productivity guy, but I'm very productive. I get a lot done. So this is not about efficiency. This is about focus. And focus will drive the efficiency. But we're not just doing this to go, I've got to do these things. i got to get all these done today. No, I have to get this done today. That's it. All right, so here we go. Three questions, all right? And and by the way, um, as you begin to do this, it gets easier, and at first you'll be like, well, i got to choose. Yeah. All right? But we're looking for, again, the focus here is not productivity. The focus here is priority. So this is a prioritizing exercise. First thing you want to ask, what 
is one thing that I need to learn this week. What's the one thing I need to learn this week? Is it a training issue? That you got to get some training done? Is it a brand new competency that you want to learn about this? Do I need to learn about some options I've got as a leader? What is it? What is one thing that I need to learn this week? This is high priority. By the way, this works in your personal life as well. What do I need to learn this week? I need to get to the bottom of why this this team over here has missed their mark the last two months on the productivity metrics or profitability or whatever. I need to dig in. That's If I get nothing else done this week, I need to learn why this team and their projections versus realities are off. Do you understand how, how we're doing this now? I, I need to get to the bottom of this this week. This is not necessarily a pure educational application. Just what do I need to know? What do I need to learn this week? I, I Listen, this is essential. If I go another week without an answer to this or without acquiring this knowledge or getting this training, I'm off. I'm not on purpose. Second question. What will I need to do this week? What is one thing, and again, we're going to start off with just one in each category. What is the one thing I need to do this week? In other words, what is the one thing, the driving issue? This is the thing I've got to accomplish this week. So for me, last week it was, I've got to finish this latest book that I'm writing. I'm up against the what? I've got to get it done. If it would have spilled over into this week, I'd have been behind. It would throw people off. I've got to get this thing done this week. Now, there were several priorities professionally, several priorities uh, personally for me this week. But as I looked at my professional list, I was like, what is the most important thing this week? And so understand as you go through this list, we're going to just do one thing. But what it does is if you get those one thing answers in these three categories and we get them to the top of the list, then everything else begins to flow in. And so now you begin to get into a thinking. You go, well, I only have room for about two more things under learn. I've only got room for one more thing under do. So, And now let me tell you what happens. For a guy who's not naturally organized, this is the way I think, and this – This is a process of taking complexity, the complexity of choice. Because we all have so many things we can do, so many things we can learn, so many, so many, so many, so many, so many. So So I've got all this complexity of choice, and I need to simplify what my choices are. I don't know if you're like me, Alex. Do you like the uh, do you like the Cold Stone kind of ice cream places where you go in and they, they you pick your flavor and they slap it on the slab and then they they uh, then put the top. Let me tell you something. I'm the guy who is a very decisive person. Uh, would you agree with that, that you think I'm a decisive person, Alex? Yeah, you work yeah, with yeah. me. I have no problem making a decision. I'm very clear. Okay. Put me at a cold stone or a marble slab or any other place like that, and I've got about anywhere, let's say the number for me in my head, probably when it gets to be about 10 choices or more, I freeze. I'm a guy who could speak to millions of people on a broadcast, thousands of people in a room, and you put me in front of the little 19-year-old ice cream scoop guy, and I got 10 choices or more. I can't. I, can't, I, 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 I short circuits. Too many choices. The complexity of choices. So 
this process helps that. Here's the third question. Who do I need to connect with this week? Who do I need to connect with this week? Who's one person? I need to get coffee with them. I need to do lunch with them. I need to have a key meeting with them. I need to make a connection for them or with them. That's what we're doing here. All right, so now you get the importance of all this, so let me just wrap it all up. Why is it just those three? Because I think if you can have a priority to learn something important, to do the main thing, and connect with somebody intentionally, that's a good week. In fact, I'll go so far as to say, Depending on your choices, in other words, the answers to those three questions, what's the one thing I need to learn this week? What's the one thing I need to do this week? Who is the one person that I need to connect with this week? Let me tell you something. The better those answers, the better the chance that you have a great week. I mean a great week. So many times people ask me, Ken, how do I get momentum in my professional life? Can I just tell you? Try those three questions for three straight Sundays. How about that? Let's give ourselves three weeks, a 21-day period, and let's just answer those questions, and I mean really be intentional. It's the one thing I need to learn this week. It's the one thing I need to do this week. It's the one person I need to connect with. And I'm telling you, you will begin to understand the power of priority in your life and your growth will absolutely become a steady steamroller. I mean, just rolling over that pavement, baby. You can do this. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Don't we all need help being better? And they're great at it. You know, we all carry around a lot of stress from our family life and our professional life, and it can just hit us at the same time. Big stuff, small stuff. And we can talk to our friends, or maybe you have a great relationship with a leader at work or a coworker, but you may not feel comfortable telling them everything. I know I wouldn't. And when we keep things bottled up, it will eventually leak out, and it's really negative. But therapy, it's a safe space to get everything off your chest with an unbiased professional and figure out how to work through the stuff that's weighing you down. So if you've thought of therapy before, you're thinking about it now, please try BetterHelp. Therapy isn't just for people who've gone through trauma. It's great to build skills, to become better personally and professionally. And BetterHelp is flexible enough to fit your busy schedule because it's completely online. All you do is fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get stuff off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Ken today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Ken. Hey, hey, hey. I would love for you to help us grow if this show is helping you in any way, encouraging you, equipping you. Would you help us by liking the videos on YouTube that you're watching, subscribing to the channel, and sharing? And then uh, on your favorite podcast app, if that's how you're digesting the show, we would love for you to give us a follow and a five-star review. All right, uh, I've got I've got something very significant here. I I really believe that uh, that what I've been saying uh, in recent days and weeks that 
the world of work is continually shifting below our feet. Like it's changing rapidly. I think this is an example. Uh, this is a fascinating article here. Headline, U.S. hospitals turn to gig platforms on nurse shortage. Now, I will tell you that when I saw the headline, you know, I, I talk about the gig economy all the time, and I was like, I don't, I don't think I understand that. <laughs> what? what? I, you, I mean, just think about the value of a nurse in a medical situation, certainly a hospital. U.S. hospitals turn to gig platforms on nurse shortage? So here we go. Drawn by higher pay and greater flexibility, there's a growing number of nurses turning to gig work. Now, gig work, if this is a new concept to you, is really about freelance work. It's more of a a, a kind of a new way to say freelancing. And so that could be anything from a freelance graphic design job to Uber. Okay? That's the idea. Not a full-time job. I'm picking it up. I'm doing it when I can. It's more of a shift pace shift-based work than it is uh, a, a normal work rhythm. Okay, so this is happening in nursing. And nurses are picking up individual shifts on an app as the alternative to the contract that could be months long or a year long or full-time employment with a hospital. U.S. hospitals are trying new ways to alleviate a staffing crunch. I've talked about the staffing crunch on the show. 100,000 registered nurses left the workplace due to stresses in the COVID-19 pandemic. This from the National Council of State Boards of Nursing. So over the last two or three years, it was primarily 2020, 2021, 100,000 nurses walked away. Uh, Over 600,000 are expected to leave by 2027. Now, you go, oh, 2027. No, that ain't out there. I mean, we're on the heels of 2024 right now. 100,000 gone, 600,000 more expected to leave the industry. They're not training them that fast, kids. They're just not. As of 2022, the U.S. had about 5.2 million active registered nurses. I mean, you think about 600,000 leaving, that is crazy. So there's a staffing crisis. Deborah Visconti, chief executive of Bergen Newbridge Medical Center, is a medical center where they are actually using these apps, gig worker nurses, to fulfill their positions. And she said, we have a full-blown crisis of staffing. Many people have decided to early retire or switch professions. The hospital started working with a platform named CareRev, and about 150 nurses have signed up to work at the center through the app. Um, Visconti, chief executive, went on to say, within a couple of hours, we can have somebody pick up a shift. This pool of workers, the 150, fill 80% of the hospital's vacancies. IYA Healthcare, another app that's providing gig healthcare workers, said it saw a 54% rise in the number of gig shifts filled by nurses in the last year. Across the country, the total number of available shifts has climbed by 62%. So what that means is hospitals, clinics are jumping in and they're going, we got openings. If you got people, here we go. And so it's 
look like a dating app for nurses and hospitals. Hey, I'm looking for work. So why is this lucrative for the nurse? Let's play this out because this is going to impact the world of work. I think in a big way. In fact, I, I, you know, I've, I say things like this every once in a while, and I got it in my gut because I do pay attention. I'll say to Alex and Amin or something. I go, I'm telling you, the shift is not done. There's a lot changing. I think the world of work is going to look really different in the next. Time. I'll say something like that, and I really believe it. And then, bam, this is here. This is now. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna unpack this. Why am I talking to you about this? How are you going to be impacted by this? I'll tell you in a second. But now this is a win for the nurses. Why? Well, nurses have more flexibility now. By the way, the nurses are making at least. Are you hearing me? At least thirty percent more. So if they sign a contract that is a like a traveling nurse, like a six or twelve month contract, or they're fully they're full time employee of the hospitals by working through these services because they're on demand and understand this is supply demand issues folks i talk about this all the time i think sometimes you people glaze over like oh he's talking about supply demand again well now watch when we have all these nurses jumping out okay to the tune of over a hundred thousand there's a lot of holes hospitals need to fill them so they can't get someone to work full-time for them a nurse they can't Get a six or 12 month contract, but they can get them to show up. I need you Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night for the graveyard shift. You put it out on these apps, and a nurse goes, This is great. Pick up three graveyard shifts, clock some great money, and I still have the weekend to go to the lake. Boom, I'm in. Click, I'm in. Show up, and they're a nurse. Now that's the win for the nurse. The hospitals, according to this article, will say, this is a win for them. Okay. Susan Pasley, chief nursing officer at the app CareRev that we, we, we talked about at the beginning of the story. She says, we have an aging population that demands more health care services, and we're in the midst of a crisis. So hospitals are looking for flexible options. So this is a win for the nurses that are gig nurses. This is a win for the hospital in the sense of they can get workers. It's, it allows them to be flexible from a scheduling standpoint. And they're just filling the gaps, folks. They're just like this. Plate falling off over here. Got to catch it. Plate falling off over here. I got to catch it. And that's what they're doing. Now, what does or what do the critics of this system say? Naturally, we have a spokesperson from the National Nurses Union. Well, take this with a shaker of salt anytime you got a union spokesperson. What this will result in is the lack of being prepared, not having enough nurses present on site to respond to emergencies or influxes of patients. Well, this is what the union spokesperson is saying, but we have multiple quotes from people who are running hospitals or running these apps, and it's working. So the union only wants things to work if it's union-sanctioned, and benefiting the union. So there you go. I've hacked off a bunch of you now that think unions are so good for everybody. They're not. But here's where I think there's a real negative. Imagine the nurses who are full-time employees. They're just as qualified, just as good, serving. They're just as overloaded as every other nurse. And they didn't sign up on this app. They're under contract or they're... 
and they're seeing nurses come in that aren't a part of their normal team. And this nurse just comes in, hey, Susie's in tonight, tomorrow night, and the night after that. And she learns that, oh, I'm 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 a part of the gig nursing gig over here. Oh. And she figures out that they're making 30% more than her. That's where this is going to get sticky. This is a short fix, a long-term fix. I don't think we're ready for that. This is going to create a lot of tension if this moves beyond nursing, where you got the gig worker making more money than the person who's loyal. Now, what do you think is going to happen? You know what's going to happen. We've got a storm on the horizon. Let's see how this shakes out. We'll be watching. Helping you get unstuck so that you can become unstoppable, moving towards the life that you'll want to live. This is the Ken Coleman Show. All right, let's get to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, which, if I'm not mistaken, Alex, I, I'm almost positive. In fact, I, I got to do this really quick. I, I can't go forward until I... I think I saw in the news today that Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, has been named by, you know, who knows where all these things come from, but has been named as the best place to live in America. I got to look this up really quick. This is, by the way, folks, this is what happens when you have ADHD. Um, I'm almost positive. Oh, best place to retire. Thank you. You looked it up that quickly? Yeah, see, that's what happens when you try to do a show live and type on the on the show. Okay, very good. Best place to retire in America. Fascinating. Well, nonetheless, Stephanie is on the line in that area. Stephanie, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hi, Ken. Thanks so much for taking my call. You bet. What's up? Oh, um, well, it, first, it's good to know that I'm in the right place to retire. So thank you. <laughs> right. How about that? I mean, it just triggered that memory <laughs> awesome. today. I know. Um, so thank you again. Um, but uh, the reason I'm calling is um, I manage a small team of of high-performing professionals at a company that was acquired last year by a venture capitalist firm. Um, we went through our initial round of layoffs, and now as we're a month away from doing our year-end performance reviews, um, the company, in order to meet their margins, has decided to implement forced stack ranking and is requiring managers to rate at least 10% of their employees as low contributors. Um, I've been with the company for a long time. I really enjoy what I do. I have a really strong team, and I don't think any of them deserve to be rated as low contributors. Um, and I just feel fundamentally turned off by this. Um, my husband and I are about six months away from completing baby step two. Um, but I'm really wondering at this point, is it time for me to you know, move on based on personal values or if I need to just kind of suck it up because it's the same everywhere right now in corporate America? Ah, uh, this is a tough one because I think it's a little bit of a wrestling match between principle and practical. And those are hard. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is they're not asking you to do anything unethical. They're just asking you to do something that philosophically you don't agree with. Is that a fair representation of what you're asking? Yes, I believe so, because I just feel that individuals should, should be 
you know, ranked based on their performance standard and, and, and reviewed accordingly, not backed against one another. Right. I get, and by the way, I couldn't agree with you more. And so what I'm wrestling with is if you had something to go to, if you mm-hmm. feel like you can find something to go to, and we don't see an interruption in income, okay, then I'm absolutely fine with you leaving. I, I will tell you I think you should look. But I do not think you should leave, then look. I think you should okay. stay. <laughs> because this is not an unethical ask. This is a leadership ask. And sometimes leaders ask us to do things we don't agree with. Uh, but but it's not it's not like you're selling your morals down the line. They're asking you to to basically rank everybody you lead from one to ten. Essentially, who's best? Who's next? Who's next? Is that right? Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, I mean, of course, the low contributor rating has its consequences for those individuals. So, right, and what what would be the consequences? Uh, at this point, they would either be put on a performance evaluation or if this is being done to identify the next round of layoffs, I'm not sure. Okay. And, and then would you say that any of the people you lead are actually low performers? No, that's, that's my conflict. (laughs) Right. They're all high performers. They're just making you force it and going, well, if I have to compare, you know, so you could say, let's look at having a basketball team. And as a coach, you say, coach, are all five of your starters high performers? And the coach goes, yeah. Yeah. But then the athletic director goes, yeah, but we're going to take away scholarships based on who has the best performance, who has the worst performance. So I need to know who's scoring the most points a game, and you rank them that way. And then the coach is like, that's crazy. They're all high performers. I'm not asking. I can't have five high scorers. I can only have one high scorer, but I can have a best rebounder, a best defender. That's what you're essentially dealing with. Yeah. And it hurts. And But I would also say that I don't think that everybody's doing that. And I think that that's kind of a limiting belief that you've got right now. And I think you've got to start looking for an organization that has a different culture and they're not going to do metrics that way. And I think you can find that. Because I think if you, if you just decide to go, well, I'm not going to look. I'm just going to suck it up because I'm trying to pay off my debt right now. You're going to end up resenting this company. And resentment never, ever does anything positive for us. Right. It's only going to eat away at you. It's not going to teach them a lesson. So you're going to have to do what they're asking you to do. And, And that's just the reality. You don't have to like it, but as long as you need a paycheck, I think you got to do it. You're not doing anything ethically wrong. You don't agree with it. You can tell them I don't agree with it. Say, guys, I just think there's got to be a better way. They're going to go, well, thanks. Appreciate it. This is what we're doing. <laughs> right. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. I already, I already tried that. <laughs> Great. So so we need a job. You don't have the ability to just walk in and then find something, do you? No. No, so we can't. So what you're so here's why I'm walking you into this. That's why I said at the beginning, I hope it makes sense now when I said this is a wrestling match between principle and practical. Do you understand what I meant now? Absolutely. Yep. In this case, I have to choose practical. I have to right now. So okay. how soon do you have to do this ranking? When is this expected to be done? Uh, in December, um, but they won't be notified until 
later. All right. So here's what I want you to understand. I want to walk you through this. Okay. If you were to walk today, which you can't walk today, so you're not going to walk today, right, Stephanie? Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, that's good. Yes, right. I'm on Team Stephanie. Okay, I am. <laughs> right. So I want I want Stephanie to have a paycheck, get out of baby step two, and keep moving. I also want Stephanie to find a better place, and I know that you can do both, but we have to do one before we can do the other. And so, if right. let's just say you left today, do you think they would change their policy? Oh no, absolutely not. Which means the thing that you don't want to do is going to happen anyway, whether you're there or not. True or false? True. So, I do what I have to do so I can do what I want to do. What I mean by that is I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start looking today. I'm gonna start looking for a better company situation, better culture. I'm gonna do my homework. I'm gonna find out do they do they you know what can I snoop around and find? Do they rank people this way? Am I gonna have to deal with this again? I don't buy that everybody does that, um, but you're yeah. looking for opportunities. And while you're looking for opportunities, you're doing the job you're supposed to do. And if we find something before December, great. That's the best case scenario. We find something where you walk away triumphantly, head high, telling your team, I'm not going to do this. You need to be aware they're going to do this. And I can't do anything about it, but I'm out. Love you guys. Going to miss you. Let me know if I can ever help you. Right? <laughs> Leave with yeah. class. And then you don't then you don't have that stain on your hands and on your conscience. But if we don't find something before December, you're gonna have to be a big girl, wear your big girl pants and go, yeah. This is not my decision. I'm I'm being a good soldier. This is not unethical. I gotta do it and I'm gonna do it so I can keep getting paid until I find something. I think that's the path. Okay. Well I I thank you for talking me through that. Um, does that help I've, you? It it does. I've been saying some of the same things to myself, and it just helps to have you reinforce that. Yeah, you thank know, you. doing what's right for you is, is just as right as doing what's right for you, the people you lead. Do you understand yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, it, it's always been a great culture here, uh, and I think I'm just feeling hurt over that. But I know I know it's corporate America, and it and I know. It's, you know I'm just one person in a pool of yeah many. Here's <laughs> the deal: you're dealing with sadness, and it's okay to be sad. It's okay to mourn that your time is coming to an end. It's okay, and you're going to be fine. You are a great lady, and you're going to keep doing great things. You get to choose how you want to lead and how you want to work. I'm proud of you. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Press on. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.